The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is green and gold history. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is A's Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. He is our A's historian, and he's worked with the Oakland Athletics since they arrived in Oakland back in 1968. It's the great Steve Vucinich is with us here. Vuce, how are you? I'm great. Just hunkered down here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're starting to get warm. I go to the ballpark a couple times a week, just make sure everything's okay. We're uh, turnkey, ready to go. If we get the notice, we're, we can start tomorrow, although I think that's still a ways off. Yeah, that that that, that surprised me. You're, you're still working during these times. You know what? Well, for a while, we had deliveries still coming in because uh, we, we took off a week before we were supposed to leave. So I still had deliveries coming in, and then uh, we made some roster changes. I want to get ready for that. I've got a bunch of players' cars stored in our parking lot, in our uh, players' lot, and I've had to go in a couple times to ship those back home. Um, There's not a lot to keep me busy. Most of it's paperwork and computer stuff that I can do from home. You know, we've been celebrating the 70s World Series teams. We just got through the 72 World Series. We're about to start the 1973 World Series against the Mets. And then, of course, we'll finish with the 74 World Series. When you think back, you're a young guy at this point. What was it like being around these A's teams in the 70s? Well, first of all, you knew they were good. And by winning three in a row, that proved it. But we probably didn't appreciate as good as they were. Um, uh, Only one team has won three in a row since then. It's tough to do. You've got the playoff. Uh, we were the first series of uh, playoffs from 69 on, so it was tougher to get to the World Series. You just didn't win your league and go right to the World Series. So, I mean, like I said, we didn't appreciate it. We see, look back now and see how good they were. Uh, there were some great players, Hall of Famers on there. Charlie Finley did a great job putting the club together. We had two good managers. Yeah, pretty crazy to think that the the guy calling the shots, the owner, he's also the GM, and he's running the team from Chicago. He can't even watch the games. He has to listen to the games by phone. I mean, this is stuff we'll never see again. Well, no, I mean, we appreciate technology and thank Mark Cuban for being able to get a radio wherever we are uh, through an app. And, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, either the traveling secretary or the his Mr. Finley's secretary or somebody would put the radio right next to the phone, and that's the only way he could keep up with the game. And the, and he really didn't even have a front office. <laughs> I tell a joke. It's not a joke. We had a meeting of our front office people in Oakland after the 72 series. It was probably January of 73. And Sal Bando had done a speech up in Portland, Oregon, and he said Charlie Finley has the worst front office in baseball. And I think what he really meant was we had the smallest. And Charlie Philly just blasted Sal in the media the next couple of days. So then we have this meeting in Oakland, and we go, we all go in the elevator to go down to the clubhouse. And Charlie said, hey, you like the way that I backed you guys up to get Mr. Bando? And Monty Moore spoke up and said, well, you got to realize, Charlie, it's the only front office in baseball you can put in one elevator. 
<laughs> oh, it, 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 it's so bizarre how the one common enemy, but to think that a whole team was against the owner and that's kind of what bonded them just seems crazy. It was. It was the only way to make money. There was no arbitration in those days. There was no free agency. So to make any money, you had to win the World Series. And, you know, those shares in those days were twenty, twenty-two, and 24000 So it wasn't a lot of money, but it was doubling a lot of the players' pay at that time. What, what was your relationship like with Charlie Fenley? Fortunately, there were buffer. I was only part-time at that time until 74. And there were people above me that had to deal with him more. I had a good relationship with him. He always knew who he was. He always thanked me for doing a good job, but it didn't come in the paycheck. It was just a thank you. Um, and uh, But, you know, there were times when later on where I had to deal with some billings and some invoices. And back then, long-distance telephone wasn't as cheap as it is now. So, I mean, he watched his money. He told me a couple times, he said, never, never pay a bill until you have to. And always save your pennies to spend your thousands. <laughs> oh man interesting times and you know watching these games you know obviously you see the difference and, and the players are smaller than they are today uh, the game is different they they obviously they were more hardcore uh, allowed to take out you know a shortstop or a second baseman on a double play run over the catcher uh, it was a tougher game what were the players like then versus what you deal with now well, I, you know what, I think the players back then weren't that afraid of uh, getting hurt and injuries and stuff, where today's players are a little bit more protective. They've, they uh, can see their careers uh, going on for another five, ten years and big money coming their way, where these players went year to year and had to prove themselves. And whether it was wiping out a catcher or a shortstop to uh, help win a game, and that game helps you get to the playoffs in the World Series, it was all for the right reasons. Um, you're right. The players are bigger now. They're stronger. They're faster. Um, I think the biggest reason is because they make enough money, they don't have to take off-season jobs. I mean, I look at uh, 1971. We had just won the West and made our first playoff appearance, and the full share was $7,800. But I helped Raleigh Fingers get a job as a stock boy in the sporting goods department at the J.C. Penny in Fremont. I mean, they needed off-season jobs. Sal always, Sal Bandos, who's like the 70s, was still working for Visa. I mean, it was more of a career move, a business move, than needing the money. But a lot of these guys, too, they went down and they honed their game in winter ball, whether it be Puerto Rico, Dominican, Panama, or Venezuela. So um, today's players have more time to work out, stay in shape, uh, batting practice, throw more often than the players back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You got Raleigh Fingers an off-season job? At about $2.25 an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, hey, you know, watching Raleigh in the uh, 72 World Series, you now, it kind of refreshes you how nasty he was I mean, that slider, I mean, he was coming, you know, he's what we would call a slinger. He came three quarters. He even drops down sidearm. Raleigh Fingers' stuff was absolutely nasty. 
You know, and not only nasty, it was nasty for three innings, for two and a third, for two and two thirds. He wasn't just a one-inning closer. He'd come in with the bases loaded and two outs or one out in the seventh inning, and if it's one out, he could induce a double play with a sinker. Um, he was phenomenal, and that's the day. I mean, I was, I was just looking at stats a little while ago, and and I think it was in 72. He only got 18 saves. So nowadays, leaders are getting 40 and 50. You know, we did the exact same thing. So we started bringing up, like, Marion Rivera's numbers, Trevor Hoffman, the guys who are Hall of Famers along with Raleigh, and his numbers are so different because of the amount of appearances, the, the, the innings pitched to where you had guys like Rivera and Hoffman. They were one-inning guys for the most part. You know, they, they would sometimes do two innings or do more than an inning. But the amount of volume that Raleigh pitched, Vuce, it's almost like if you took – if you took the guys' names away from their statistics and you just look at the statistics, you could arguably make a case that Raleigh Fingers is the greatest reliever of all time. You could. I mean, you look at it every year through the championship years. He never started a game, but he threw over 100 innings every one of those years. Yeah, it, it, it is truly amazing. And you talk about how you didn't appreciate at the time I mean, when you go back and you think like like we're lo- we're looking at these World Series, you know, when you start looking at all the Hall of Famers, and we had Joe Morgan on the program, and you think about Johnny Bench, and Perez, and now coming up with the Mets, you're going to see Tom Seaver, and then all the great Dodgers. What was that like? I mean, even though you you expected to win, you were still playing against these great teams, and these teams had all kinds of star power. Yeah, um, what I loved the best was the 72, the hairs versus the squares. Of course, yours truly had hair down to my shoulder. You can see it in one of the, the film clips of Gene Tennis coming back to the dugout. But uh, the hairs versus the squares, uh, they were the big-time Cincinnati Reds, a big red machine, and those Hall of Famers they had. Hey, we had three of them, too. So uh, we matched up well with them. We won those first two games in Cincinnati, went home, and lost game three, but that game four that was on TV last night was have the star power that the Dodgers and the and the Reds had, but they had momentum going into that series. And they had beaten Cincinnati in the playoffs. They had come from behind, I think, the last couple months of the season to win a division. And then when we played uh, the Dodgers, they, they popped off and said, yeah, there's only about three guys on the A's who could make our starting lineup. And that incentivized us a little bit. Uh, I mean, and, and again, it was against Charlie Finley. Hey, we want to make some money. we got to win this World Series. And our guys had pride. And between those white lines, there were nine, ten guys together. So that was, uh, that, that was overplayed. These guys have been together for all those years that come up in the minor leagues. Charlie Finley did a good job of signing, and he had some good scouts when the draft started in 65. So, um Playing against those three teams, uh, it was great to beat them all. And the star power on the Dodgers in Cincinnati is just like kind of shut those guys up. You had hair down to your shoulders? Hey, that was the style, man. Come on, look at the films of those days. <laughs> Did you have a mustache? Uh, no, I, I've got a football stash. You know what that is? A lemon on each side. I can't grow one. <laughs> I, what, what color what, what what color hair did you have back in the 70s brown of course oh that's right it's not brown anymore 
<laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I, I taped the games. I gotta go back and check out. I, I, I gotta see. Was it like a mullet or was it what, what kind of just long straight hair? What did it look like? Just long hair in the back, long hair on the sides, completely covering the ears. Oh, did you have the big? Did you wear the shirts with the big collars? Um, I think so, but I think those pictures there, though, I had a jacket on all the time. Oh, the good old days of the seventies, and you know, the, the those teams, it, it just they were so fundamentally sound, and people always credit Dick Williams for that, uh, as he was just a stickler for fundamentals. What was it like being around the Hall of Fame manager? You know what? He was tough, but he was honest. And if you played hard and you were on time, he was great. And when we started spring training in 71, as good as we were in 70 under the great John McNamara, didn't realize how bad we were fundamentally. And since Dix, it was his first year with us, 71, he came in and he wanted to make sure that we've got the basics down. And it was a revelation to us and how bad we were on some of the fundamentals, maybe in covering bases or hitting the wrong cutoff guy. Uh, so Dick instilled that uh, in us with a great spring training, and then we went off and got on a great run in 71. He was, uh, I remember Vita Blue used to call him Quick Draw McGaw because Vita thought he got taken out of games too soon. But Dick could manage a pitching staff as well as anybody. When you look back at the 70s and those three straight World Series wins, who was your favorite player of that time? Well, I always tell everybody of all time, Catfish Hunter. And why? He's just a gentleman. I mean, one of the first days on a job, he had thrown his perfect game, and he was—he treated everybody the same, whether you're part of the media, you're a clubhouse staff, you're a trainer, ball boy, an op- op- opposing player, whatever. Uh, he was just a basic, nice guy, a complete country boy. Um, and he was a pleasure to watch pitch because he didn't throw the ball 95 miles an hour, but he could spot it anywhere. And I tell everybody what a great game it was, a perfect game, because he got three of the hits and drove in three of the four runs. Yeah, and and watching this, it was uh, game two of the 72 World Series. He drove in the first run of the game. You think of what an athlete he was. Uh, and on the mound, Vuce, he just attacked the strike zone. He was just a strike-throwing machine. Absolutely. You know, he kind of reminded me of Bartolo Colon a little bit, just always throwing strikes. Vuce, we always appreciate the time. Hope everything is good there with you and the family in Arizona, and hopefully uh, we'll get something going, whether it's uh, in Oakland or it's down in Arizona. But obviously what you mean to this organization, I mean, it's it, – it's, it's, it's you and Connie Mack, right? I mean, no, the, 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 the two of you, no one even comes close to service time. That is correct. Did you happen to see uh, Dallas Braden's tweet yesterday? No. <laughs> what did he do? I think I think the A's tweeted a photo of the first ever photo of a Philadelphia Athletics team or something back in the 1800s. I mean, it wasn't part of the American League. It was something else. And so Dallas went ahead and retweeted it, and his quote was, I found the earliest known days of legendary A's clubhouse manager at Steve Booth. Booth is known to have stitched the very first baseball for Abner Doubleday. Legend has it he did a, such a fine job that Mr. Doubleday charged him with managing the clubhouse. The rest is history.
<laughs> You're like one of the only guys in, in professional sports that never needed a resume. Okay. And so, you know how I answered it? I had to think about it. <clears throat> so I said, um, uh, at Flex, I found, oh, where is it? It's, uh, oh, thanks for the love, D. It's been a wild ride all these years. Also, I remember what I did to the balls and the stitches for you on that Mother's Day a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that, that that will that will always go down because of his mom passing away and his grandma being there, and it wasn't a very good A's team. But the, that day on Mother's Day, and that was a pretty good Tampa Bay lineup that he did that to. That that's I think for all of us will always go down as one of the special days of our career. Absolutely. I mean, the stars were really aligned that day, weren't they? Yeah, and I remember, I mean, I, I'll never forget, I did a post-game show. It was like three hours long. My wife's like, when are you going to get home? We have to go to, for, for my mother-in-law, when will we, you know, we got to go to dinner. Why are you still taking phone calls? It was like the love that came out of that day. Once again, it wasn't a very good team, but the love that came out of that day for everybody, and I think that it's, it, it's one of the reasons why he'll always be a fan favorite with the A's. Oh, no doubt. And come on, don't say there were that many phone calls. You were probably making up those calls. You didn't want to go to your mother-in-law's. <laughs> you said that, not me, by the way. <laughs> Tell the wife I was just kidding. Boost, uh, you're the best. You're such a treasure to this franchise. And uh, be well, be safe. Hit them straight down there in Arizona if you're able to get out. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Tammy. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.